The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. Connection Church. Yeah, I like that. A little extra hour of sleep this morning, huh? Got you pumped. That's why. Hey, we're going to jump right into it. I got a question for you this morning. Pastor Scott's already stole, stole a little of my thunder, but that's all right, because y'all been waiting for it, hadn't you? Who in the house likes a good granny's apple fritter? Yeah! I didn't even have to say raise a hand and... I think I use all some folks that work out on Mondays raise their hand on that one. Yeah. I don't work out on Mondays. Uh, anyway, hey, I thought I would have some apple fritter lovers in the house. Listen, I like them. I am borderline in love with them, okay? Don't judge me. I don't get to looking this good by not eating fritters, all right? Y'all know that is what's up with it. But listen, I brought a couple with me today. Y'all bear with me just one second. This is official right here, folks. I, so let, me ask, let me show a hands. Who has never had an apple fritter from Granny's Donuts? <laughs> Who would like to try? <laughs> Come on up, man. Chris, get out your butt. You playing the drums this morning? Yeah, serious, man. You ain't playing the drums. Well, then you can eat this whole unit. How about that, man? That to share with those people about there's like three or four hands by there that said they had never not really you can take it, man. That's pretty good. And now this guy, he probably gonna work out three hours for that one. You have to if you eat one of those fritters. But if you eat two of them, don't work out. All right, because this guy gonna get but listen, they smell good. Oh, uh, we buy them by the half dozen at a time because you never know when you're gonna need to get up at midnight, right? And have a fritter run. Has does anybody y'all know where Granny's is at, right? That there's one Thomasville and there's one over here in High Point. But like where where I live in up here on the north end of nowhere in Wahlberg, you can't get from anywhere from here in any quick of time. But I can promise you this. If my gut tells me I need to get up and get a fritter, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm getting in the car and I'm driving twenty minutes. Anybody with me? Man, y'all lying now. Come on, y'all with me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Vi's addicted now. He's done ate the whole thing. Uh, it's all good. Hey, but listen, I love those things. I actually told the lady in there one day, uh, I don't know if y'all you kind of take in the surroundings, but there's a, like, they got like a little uh, statue of Buddha in there, and they actually have like, I guess they offered the, do- the, the donut and the, and the uh, fritter to... Buddha, I get he's fat enough. He don't need any more. Yeah, but I, I told her one day, I said, hey, honey, I don't know why you give these offering to Buddha because these things are from heaven. <laughs> he looked at me. I was like, I just, I mean, I just call a spade a spade. You know, anyway, it was, uh, man, it was, they're good, man. We, we love them. But listen, why do we allow that urge to lead us? And y'all all know almost 100% in the room, raise your hand. Man, we, we feel that urge like, man, I need... Uh, I need something sweet. 
Or maybe you're a salty person. Anybody, a salty people in the house? I just need something salty. Yeah, three or four of you. I'm a sugar person. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, I mean, but so many times I'll say, man, I just, I just need this, and we go get it. Uh, but the sad thing about it is we allow our lives to be led that way a lot of times. When we make maybe major decisions in our life, or we make decisions at all, we're like, well, what's, I've, has anybody ever heard this? What's your gut telling you? What's your gut telling you? Well, it's telling me I don't have a six-pack. I have a pony keg. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I don't need to listen to my gut. It's doing me no good. But we allow ourselves to be led by our gut feeling. And this morning, I want us to talk another step in this circle maker. We've been talking about circle maker for several weeks. And uh, this is the fifth week. Next week is the last week of the circle maker. Let me tell you something. You don't need to miss it, and you need to bring somebody with you. Next week is going to be phenomenal off the hook. You don't want to miss it. But today, this next step in, in praying and what that looks like, being specific in our prayers, and what does it look like when we approach God, and then one service we had, it was just prayer up here going on, this happening. And then Pastor Brent, Pastor Scott had uh, so eloquently laid out the last few weeks of what it looks like to sincerely Pray because a lot of us have grown up. Maybe you grew up in church. You raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you would say, "I've never been to church a day in my life." Maybe today is your first time. And if it is, we're glad that you're here. But if it's not, you probably say, "You probably heard these words: just pray, just pray." Like I want that Lamborghini, but just pray. You know, I just want it. But there's there's guidelines in the prayer. We talked about the Lord's prayer. We've talked about that, and and. And a scripture that we have, we've talked about the last few weeks, of this, and I'm going to continue with this morning, is, comes out of 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Do you know what it says? It's two words. Pray always. Pray always. Oh. Well, let me stop for a second. I ain't got but so many minutes I get to speak up here. But a minute ago when I was talking about apple fritters, you know, I take one So when I ask you to repeat after me, repeat. All right. All right. So whatever your translation is, pray or continually or whatever else you added in there, whatever translation you're reading. But pray always. And we and Pastor Brent laid out, Pastor Scott laid out what that looks like in the Hebrew language and what that what does that word mean actually to pray. And we said this. We said it means when we take our desires, praying is communicating with the creator of the universe. And that's how we communicate with God. We pray. And praying is not always us talking. It's us listening too, right, church? You need to shake your head yes or no. Hopefully it's yes. It's us talking, and sometimes we just need to shut our mouths and listen. And what that prayer there, what that word means is exactly what they have talked about is that when we exchange our desire, what we are praying for, our desire with God's desire. It's what he wants for us. And a lot of times what happens, those two line up, don't they? It's the exact thing I prayed for. It's the exact thing that God answered with because our desires were meshed. I think about nine or ten months ago, my wife Deidre and I, we started praying what is our next step and where are we going and where's God's moving. And we had to call from Connection Church. Well, immediately I started, God, if this is your will, well, then I interjected myself into this. So hear me, church, is this. I said, God, I think that'd be fun. 
I think that'll be a lot of fun. So my prayer is like, God, if you want this to happen, you want us to go there, then I want to go there. And guess what happened? Well, I mean, now I'm, well, I'm standing here. My desire and God's desire meshed. Sounds really good, doesn't it? How about this one? Whenever you're praying for a coworker that has a two-month-old daughter that's dying with leukemia, and what's your prayer then? God, heal her. God, if you are God, can you do something? And then the baby dies. And then what happens? Fist to heaven. Why, God? Did you not hear my prayer? Do you not love me enough to hear my prayer and answer it? Well, what we don't understand is in the nature of God, like we, we may, church, we may see 10% of what God is doing. It is great to be at the office during the week and be here on Sunday mornings and see God at work and lives are being changed and they're here and now they're here and they're being transformed. That is unbelievable. That's seeing God at work. But what we don't see is the 90%, I call it the backstory. It's the things we're not asking God to see. It's, it's the things that are happening we have no control of, and we don't even know they're happening. So the two-year-old, we see it as, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? Because we didn't go into it saying, God, I want my desire to be exchanged with your desire. Because the backstory on that one was, guys, you know how many people may have come to know Jesus through that little baby? Maybe hundreds, who knows, thousands, upon ten thousands of people through a life. If, if I recall Jesus dying on the cross, that was pretty important to our heritage. He said, hey, Father, if this cup can pass, but your will. That's what pray always means. And so the next step in that today is this, which is not something that you we talk about a whole lot in church. And it's been a... Um, it's been an interesting preparation for me over the last couple of weeks for this message is because we live in the 21st century where everything is pulling away, pulling us away from our focus on God. Can, I just, can you just say, daggum right, yeah, or something? You know, just shake a head. I mean, we got the iPhone and Android, if you like that kind of thing. iPhone. I mean, by golly, we got... Apple fritters, we have, we have, you name, we have TV that you can watch anything, anytime, anywhere, on your phone, on your iPad, going down the road, it doesn't matter. It's hard to break free in this 21st century to get along with God. So that makes it even more tough to prepare messages like this because Anytime we guys stand on this stage to preach, I can promise you one thing, church, we've worn it. We've worn the message. It has affected us greatly before we can even stand here before you and speak it. So this morning, I want you 
I want to talk about a matter of prayer, what that looks like we just talked about, and fasting. It's something that we don't talk about a lot. It's just, it's not, we don't, we just don't talk about it a lot. But throughout Scripture, it is talked about a ton. And I, because I think why we don't talk about it a lot, the big C church that is, the church in general, is because we got it wrong. The, the reason I think we got it wrong is that we look at it as like, well, that means I have to give up something to do what? To pray? Well, that don't sound very favorable for me. You mean I got to give up fritters for a week? No, see, you, if that's how you think about fasting, then you've got it all wrong. I want to read something to you out of Second Chronicles 7. If you have your Bible, I hope you can turn there. If you have your phone, you can click there. And they're both, uh, they're still in the Old Testament, so you can pick up there. And I'm going to read just a few verses here. What's happening is Solomon, King Solomon has just built this unbelievable palace. I'm talking about the palace of all palaces. And this temple was detailed to the extent of any of us can't even fathom or imagine. The most beautiful piece of property in the world at this time. And God is having a conversation in this dedication that Solomon's having of this temple. And I want us to pick up in in chapter 7, verse 11. It should be on the screen. It says, when Solomon had finished the temple of God in the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, you with me here, church? Just say, yeah, uh uh-huh, bring it. I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, and catch 14 here, it says, so my people who are called by my name will what? All right, we're going to need a little better than that. So if my people who are called by my name will themselves and, and my and turn from their wicked, I will from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. That's a powerful, powerful say if you've done any study to this scripture. So you got Solomon, God taking, taking over the temple because it's just a building until God's spirit comes into it in the Old Testament here. So when I shut up the heavens, there's no rain and there's plagues and there's locusts that's going to devour land. People are going to be crying out, Solomon, what's going on? And he already gave him the front story, not the back story. He gave Solomon the front story, and it was this. Tell them to do what? Humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So I did a study on that word, just that one word. What does it mean to humble ourselves and pray? And this is what came up in the original language, which is the Hebrew here. The word humble means a primitive root. 
It's a bended knee. It's a case of humility to vanquish, to bring down, to lower, to humble or subdue. So to humble is to get low. It's for yourself to vanish, that you're not even on the scene. That's what humility. And I can promise you in this day and time, probably 90% of the folks in this room, if I'm going to speak, man, we deal, we struggle with being humble. We're trying to get ahead. We're trying to be the best at our job. Sometimes that don't look like humility. It's overconfidence, we call it, or however you disguise it. But what God, if you do, if do the study through all the scriptures that talk about fasting in there, guess what the word fasting defines as? Humble, subdue, lowering yourself. So God tells Solomon, you tell my people to humble themselves. You say, well, Bradley, I mean, how do we even humble ourselves? I want to encourage you this. What does it look like for you to fast? Because you know what fasting is? It's showing your hunger for God. See, fasting will draw you closer to God when you fast. It will draw you closer. It will bring you humility. You will see yourself in a different light. A lady by the name of Carol Maxwell, she wrote a book, and she talked about on her way to work one day, she felt a weird sense that God was asking her to fast from criticism. I mean, when I was reading, I was like, that's kind of odd. She said the same thing. I thought it was odd. She has a critical spirit. It's what she does in her job. She is a critical thinker. You have to critique. You have to do that, and I understand that. Sometimes it is a plague against you, but that's what she was saying. She said, God asked me not to critique or criticize any in that day, and she said by midday she was okay because she come in contact with nobody that day. That makes it easy, doesn't it? Oh, I'm not fasting I'm going to fast technology. Well, if you spend three days in the woods where there's no cell service, you got it. I mean, you did pretty good, didn't you? She said, but what happened was mid-afternoon, when typically she would be in critique mode and criticism, God revealed something to her. And it it was a revelation, really, for her life, what her next step was to be done. And she says, I truly believe in her book. She said, I truly believe if that day, if I would not have answered the call, what God was asking me to do was to, was to fast, was basically, and we're going we're gonna to interchange the words, the fast was to get rid of, take something from me that I have and put it right here. We call that in this term sacrifice. When you're sacrificing something that you love or you got, like fritters, I love them and they go in my mouth and they go to my belly and I like them. But sometimes God asks us to take that thing and put it to the side. We call that sacrificing something. This much sacrifice when you compare it to Jesus dying on the cross in his sacrifice. She did that day. And she had, she told the story of what this 
this vision that God had given her for the rest of her life that changed everything was her from a simple act of fasting. We always put it with food, don't we? Well, fasting must mean I need the food. Well, I think that's what we've all been told. What does it look like to step away from your iPhone for three days? Just answer it when it calls. Not spend two and a half hours and run your battery dead on Facebook. Just, I mean, it's a 21st century problem. We have to embrace it. But what do you need to step away from? I'm asking you, church. Because it says prayer and fast. And we've talked about prayer. Was it like exchanging? Yeah, you know, whenever I got this, this, and, and God said this, this, and you don't understand it, guess what? you got to take it maybe another step. Get outside of yourself. Sacrifice some things. Because when we fast, our hunger for God, hear me, our hunger for God grows. I read a book one time. It was called The Hunger for God. And it's written by John Piper. Maybe you've heard of him. And I want to read this statement. It says, if you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, that basically means if you don't strongly want to see God move in your life, that's what that means. If you, don't want, if you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have not drank deeply and are satisfied. Hear this. It is because you have nibbled, you have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed. Your soul is stuffed with small things. There is no room for greatness. God did not create you for this. He created you with an appetite for himself, church. Hear this. God created with inside of you an appetite for himself. To feast upon his word. To snuggle up with this thing. To get to know him greater than anything you know. Some of you guys are experts at what you do. I applaud you. Thank you. Brent McDowell spent all night on the street protecting you in Thomasville. He is a professional. He is great at what he does. But he's saying, sometimes we get lost in the show by just nibbling on these little things. But God wants to give you something great. He wants you to be in love with him. He wants you to long for him. He wants you to hunger for righteousness. That's what he wants. He said, there's an appetite for God within you, and it can be awakened, church. Maybe you've nibbled every Sunday for the last 20 years of your life. Maybe you've come Sunday morning, and you've nibbled a little bit, and guess what? Another seven days, you nibble a little bit more. Seven days more, you nibble a little bit more. And you're filled with the niblets, off the table. But God wants you to, to change this world. And I truly believe that's the reason Connection Church is here. You've heard it three or four times already. If you're not involved Monday to Saturday, then you will always get the niblets. Fasting deals with humbling See, fasting is not some spiritual hunger strike that compels God to twist God's arm. So don't hear me like, oh, you mean if I fast, then he'll answer my prayer faster? No, then you missed it. 
what fasting does draws us closer to the nature of who he is. Because when we've set stuff aside that could put in the way of us experiencing who he is in his fullness, church, we miss it. What do you need to sacrifice? What do you need to put aside? Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people will humble must themselves and pray, exchange their desires for mine, because if you're humbling, you're fasting, and you're, you're exchanging that then, like what God's already communicated, God, I want you to do this, and that happens. And then when he says, I will heal your land, what does it look like with Wahlberg and Thomasville and Winston High Point and Greensboro and Raleigh and Charlotte and the Washington, D.C.? You want that out in there? What if it was all changed because a group of people said, you know, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to fast. I'm going to get things. I'm going to sacrifice the things that are clouding my vision of the Almighty. Won't you hear this? Fasting signifies humility. I think this was in Acts 9. I know it was in Acts 9. Acts 9 when Saul, the man that killed more Christians than anybody, had an encounter on the Damascus Road, and he encountered God. And God said, why are you killing my people, Saul? It was an encounter with one. If you know the story, Saul was blind for three days. In that time, Saul fasted and prayed, God, what do you want of me? And you all know, if you don't know, let me assume here. Saul, in that conversion, his name is Paul. And he's the one that wrote the majority of the New Testament. The one that killed the Christians. Huge writer to the New Testament. And I want you to hear this. This is what happened. After that three-day fast, that's when he received his salvation of who God was in him. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's when he was to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Hence, church, we're here today. It was a fast. It was an encounter with God, the man that killed more Christians than anybody, Put himself to the side. God, then what do you want from me? He wanted him to lead his church. Church. Fasting also demonstrates repentance. James challenges us in the New New Testament with these words out of James 4. It says, wash your hands, you sinners, Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord. I love this. Many of you know it. Humble yourselves before and He will lift you up. Yeah, if we humble ourselves, then who lifts us up? Our spouse? Negative. Our kids? Mm-mm. Our co-workers? Nah. It says when we humble ourselves, To God, he lifts us up. Amen? Not only that, when we desire, it gives us a more desire to draw closer to who he is. 
I don't think anybody in the house would say, maybe there's a couple, would say, man, I, I want to be closer to God. I want Jesus to be so evident in my life that he changes everything. I think at the core of most people, they would say they would want that. And most people would say, I don't know how to get that. I believe it starts with humbling because in that scripture says, if they humble themselves, an act of humility is getting outside of yourself, lowering yourself, giving of yourself, fasting of things that take the precedence of God. Fasting is not just a discipline for bringing problems to God for him to fix them. It's an expression of our heart's longing for a greater intimacy with our walk with Him. That's what fasting is. Sometimes that requires us to put our physical appetites to the side. If it's your appetite, maybe you're a diabetic and you can't miss meals. Hey, you know what? What do you need to get rid of in your life? What do you need to separate yourself from? Is it the TV being on that you could be doing something that's taking your time? Is it games on your phone? I, I see. I, listen, the, the, the list is long, and I'm not here to judge you and point my finger. I'm just asking you. I'm prodding your thinking. What is it for you, church? Because our desire for you is to fall madly in love with Jesus. Because when that happens... Crazy things start to happen. You want to start giving stuff away. Like, you become generous. As Pastor Scott said, you become so generous, people are like, yo, dude, keep your shirt on. I like apple fritters, so I ain't going to give him a shirt. You become so generous, people are like, man, I think you're stupid. That mug is stupid. He gave his car away. Beyond that, because... Your heart gets really in tune with the heart of God when you fast and pray. When you're fasting and God shows you things, that's what you're praying. You're, you're exchanging those things that you're already talking to God about to Him, and He exchanged a lot of times probably the same things you're, He's already encountered with you. Do you see how easy that was? Sounds easy, doesn't it? But we are in the way of that. Here's what actually happens when we fast and pray for the right reasons. Because you know we can do it for the wrong reasons, right? Well, I might just fast for a week. Maybe I'll lose a little weight. Well, your motives were wrong. Isaiah 58, that's, it, the Scripture talks about that. Folks were, Israelites were fasting. They're like, God, why haven't you answered us? Have you not seen us not eating? I mean, we've done this for you. Their motives are all wrong. Because they forgot probably the most important part was the humility factor. But here's what it looks like when we get it right. We desire a deeper relationship with God. So we choose to fast and pray. We choose to go deeper with Jesus. We choose that when we get it right. We disassociate ourselves with other things for a while so we can focus more on God. It's as if we're saying, God, I don't even care about the food right now. I want to walk more and deeply into your presence. 
In so doing, we actually do develop a closer walk with God. With God, We begin to see his face. We begin to see the face of God, church. What happens when you spend time with people? Small group leaders. What happens when you spend time with your cruddy buddies, dudes? Somehow we got a way of lending ourselves to those, and we receive what our buddies are doing. So when you spend time with somebody, you become a lot like them. You got a best friend, a lot of times you say, man, you like really are best friend because like you're a lot alike. You become like that when you spend time with people. So I pose it this way. The more time you spend with God, whoa, then the more you become like him, right? Just, just shake your head. The more time you spend with him, the more you come like him, humble yourself. Seek his face. Our relationships improve. Matthew 6, as we close here. Matthew 6 says, Jesus said, when you fast. See, a lot of times we, we add a different word. It says, well, if I fast, then this could probably happen. Jesus said, hey, guys, when you fast, don't forget about your other obligations. Hey, don't make, a, don't make a scene over it. Don't let the masses know that you're fasting. It says put oil on your face. Act like you're somebody. Don't be moping around like, yeah, thanks for God. Well, stop fasting then. You know, what in the world? Act like you know God's going to do something. He said when you fast, take care of your obligations so people don't even know you're doing it because all you're doing is trying to submit yourself to who he is, humble yourself to who he is, and become more like him. So how about you, church? My time's up here. What about you? I don't don't know, first service, a lot of people in need. Have you been praying for a, Loved one for 15 years? Maybe it's an estranged child that's left and you haven't seen them in months or years. Maybe it's a spouse that you're no longer with. Or maybe it's a spouse that you're with. Maybe you're sitting beside of them. Maybe you've been praying for them. Maybe you're sitting here today and they're at home. I don't know. What is it for you? Have you tried it? He says, humble yourself. Seek my face. Pray. In Mark chapter 9, we're going to close with this. Jesus, Peter, James, and John went to the mountain of transfiguration. And God revealed himself on that mountain. I don't even have words to describe it. Scripture describes it, but my mind is blown by it. But God comes on the scene. And they spend time on the mountain. And then they come down off the mountain. And there's 12 disciples, right? You with me? 12 disciples, three of them's on the mountain, nine of them are waiting. Why didn't they get chosen? But what happened, those nine on the bottom of the mountain had been trying to cast a demon out of this little boy and couldn't do it. It's a good thing that Jesus has done revealing himself on the mountain. This kid needs Jesus. He comes on the scene. Coming off the mountain, he said, 
Jesus, man, this, we try to do this and it ain't happening. We can't cast a demon out. So right then, Jesus freed the boy of the demon. And this is the statement he said. I'm paraphrase it, but you can look it up in Mark 9. It says, the disciples said, why couldn't we do this? He said, some things only come by way of prayer and fasting. This miracle happened because Jesus was in a constant, his life was constant about prayer and fasting. He knew what it was to give up. So I tell you that today. Some things only come by way of prayer and fasting. What are you willing to give up? Let's pray. God, God, I hope this church wants to become more like you. God, I pray that they would want to humble themselves and seek your face and give of themselves to sacrifice themselves simply because they want to be closer to you. Not that they can turn the hand of God and get their little genie out and get their three wishes. God, it ain't about that. It's about us exchanging our desires for you and being okay, God, with your answer. So as your hearts are bowed, I ask this question. Who would say, Bradley? By raise a hand and say, I've been praying for a long time. I need to fast something. I need to get rid of something. I need to sacrifice myself. Your first step is humbling and admitting that you can't do it any longer. Is that you by raise a hand and say, hey, man, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands all over the room. It's humbling yourselves, guys, and seeking his face. Anybody else? I don't want to. That's a, that's a step. That's the first step. We'll say, I admit, I've been trying to do this on my own. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't do it any longer on my own. You're at wit's end. I'm, I'm, God, I'm about done. I'm about done with praying. Who wants to draw near to him? Father, in this time, God, that we would draw closer to you. God, as the man that heats the gold up and burns impurities out of it, God, and he scrapes off that dross, the impurities, and God, he turns up the heat again, and there's more impurities comes out to get it that pure gold, and they scrape it off again. And God, on a third time, they heat it up even hotter to get those impurities out. God, I pray that that's what fasting would do for this church. God, that we, our motives would be correct. We would want to draw close to you. God, as you light a fire up under us and you burn the impurities off, that our focus on you is whole and complete. God, I pray that you would rock our world. God, draw us closer to you today, we pray.